All right, all right. How are you guys? No, no, no. Let me start over. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome today to another episode of the Filmmaking Bros podcast. My name is Will Walker, your co-host, and alongside with Richard Bloomer. What's up, man? What's up, dude? Glad to be together today. Yeah, man. It's so good to be here today. Thank you guys for listening and tuning in. Today we are talking about a much-anticipated camera that Richard and I both uh, have on order and we're waiting. Today, actually, mine is coming in at some point today, thank goodness. But we are going to be talking about the Sony FX6 and how uh, and why we're excited about this camera, why we chose to order it. Uh, we're going to geek out about specs. Um, we're not going to talk about gear every, every week, but... Because of this camera, and because we're both getting it, uh, it's a good reason for us to uh, have a, have a day where we just geek out about stuff. So, Richard, why did you choose this camera? Oh yeah, dude, I'm so pumped for this camera. You know, I shoot on the Blackmagic Pocket Cinema Camera 4K right now, which is an amazing camera, and you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna miss it in a lot of ways. Still gonna keep it, but such a great camera. But, uh, you know, I'm just looking for something that is a little bit more in a professional style body. That's less of that kind of DSLR style body and, you know, is a, a Sony camera, which is just a great camera. You know, I have a lot of experience shooting on the FX, or not the FX, the <laughs> FS7 uh, Mark II with the variable MDs in there. And I fell in love with that camera just getting to shoot with that. And so... I've been eyeing the FX9 for a long time, but it's just so expensive, you know? I basically have to spend, you know, $12,000 to $13,000 for the camera. So whenever this thing came out, it was just like the best in between of that. And I was like, yeah. pre-order right now. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I'm getting this camera because, um, you know, I think that, if you buy like the A7S III, it's, it's basically the same thing, but this is just, you know, more professional style. But I'm buying this because I love the ergonomics of a, a cinema camera more yeah. than a DSLR camera. I like the XLR inputs. I like the SDI inputs. I just like all those kind of professional um, things that you get from this camera that makes it better for run and gun. Um you know, I like the weight of a of a cinema camera more than a DSLR. And so, yeah, like, I mean, that's why I'm getting this camera. And I'm pumped about it. It just, uh, I just see, I see it being so useful in the work that I want to do in the future. And that's a big reason why I'm buying this is because yeah. I see in my feet, like, every time I buy a camera purchase or anything, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it's the same for you. You kind of think of like, why should I buy this? Why uh -huh. is it important to me? And I th I'd recommend everyone to think about this too whenever you're you're buying a camera. Why is it going to be useful to you in the next five years? You know? Yeah. yeah. Is it going, are you just buying it because it sounds cool? Are you just buying it because it has, you know, shoot some cool spec or whatever? Or is it going to be beneficial for the direction of your career? And so like, I see myself wanting to, make more documentaries and a lot of the work that I shoot is kind of run and gun and so this camera just seems to be the setup and I'm I'm pumped and I'm jealous yeah. of Will that he's getting his camera today because <laughs> B&H I love you guys letting me down right now I've, I've been waiting like three months I think yeah you know Will uh, what do you? How do you feel about camera and stuff? I made my order on the day pre-orders open on November eighteenth, and Dang. like, what is today? February twelfth. Uh, yeah, it's February twelfth. Yeah. At the beginning is this is Friday on Monday or Sunday Monday this week. I called B and H and they're like, sorry, we don't have any. Like we can't even tell you when you could possibly get it. And I was like, well, I'm Are sorry, you I. I can't even do this. So I was so tired of waiting and uh, immediately started doing some research and found a, a company that had had one in stock. So I just immediately ordered it, canceled B&H order. Um, and uh, yeah, about four or five days later, it's going to be here. So um, 
I know it's dude. I know it's here. I know it's in town. I can feel it. I can feel it in town. <laughs> I, um, I'm so jealous. You're gonna be oh, the man. only person in Bryan College Station with the FX6. <laughs> oh man, dude, I I totally agree with what you're saying about like ergonomics, the build, like coming from at the beginning of this year. I purchased a beginning of not this year, beginning of 20, 2020. I ordered. I purchased a, the Red Dragon X, um, and that was my first jump into the cinema world. I, from mirrorless DSLR to to cinema camera world, um, man, and it is a game changer having a cinema body. The cinema features it's it's nuts. Um, now I don't know if I would completely recommend going to Red because I'm not doing it. Any, I'm not shooting it anymore. Um, unless you're shooting, unless you're shooting features and have a crew and twenty thousand extra dollars on top of the already twenty to thirty that you spend on the camera, then then go for it. But uh, um, I'm opting for a smaller smaller package that uh, still packs a huge punch. What were you saying, Richard? Tell, tell me again about why why you switched over from shooting red. You know, oh, I guess. Man. Tell me about your little uh, little excitement that you had on set one day yeah. and why you decided to kind of just go full-blown Sony, honestly. Yeah, so it was it was uh, November 2020. I was on a shoot in Houston, Texas, and it was for it was I was working with a marketing company uh, marketing group down there. And we were doing some big project for the the city of Houston, and um, basically had my it was a it was a state representative, <clears throat> I believe, uh, in the interview chair. Had everything set up. I was working on lighting, audio, everything. Had my red on the tripod, Red Dragon X six K on the tripod, and after having everything else set, and after. I mean, this is here's a note. My camera had turned on the day before. I was doing some tests and everything, making sure everything was running well. Um, but on shoot day, <clears throat> at the time of shooting, uh, and after everything else was set up and turned on, I went to turn on my camera and nothing. Like, n- not even, the fans wouldn't even turn once. N- like, it was a brick. Um, and that's a very, it turned into a very expensive brick. Luckily, it was still on warranty, and like they, I could send it in. They fixed it for free. But at that moment, and literally right after that happened, I called you, Richard, on my way home, and I was like, I, I, I'm like lost for words, and I'm furious because I don't know what's happening. And I, I spent twenty thousand dollars on a camera, and it's not, it won't even turn on, and like I haven't even had it a full year. And um, so yeah, I sent it in. They got it fixed and sold it as quick as I could, um, and. Then heard about the FX6 and very quickly ordered that one. So yeah, yeah. And shout out, shout out to Jarrett Johnson, Jarrett shooting on the red. Yes, uh, sir. One of our friends, I, I let him know about Will and his camera, and then he automatically is like, "I gotta, I gotta contact Will. I gotta get that camera." <laughs> and well, he's shooting with it. He's making it happen. It's working for him. You know, Dude, thankfully, yeah. The warranty, you know, they fixed it. Yep, and now it's yeah, working. But fixed it for free. Yeah, but when they when they did, fi- here's the big kicker. But when they did fix it, and here's a side note: I like people at Red, from the top to the bottom. The people I talked with and interacted with, they were incredible. Like all of them are great. They every time they answered the phone, they were willing to answer any questions. They were always always there, always willing to talk. But when I asked them what happened to my camera, like what happened? I didn't drop it. I didn't spill anything on it. Nothing happened. Like I asked, so why did it not stop working? And they, they couldn't tell me like, they were like, ah, sorry, we don't really know. And I'm like, well, how, like, I need to know if it was my fault. It was a, it was a product product error or a user error and they couldn't tell me anything. So that was the big thing. I was like, man, I can't have such an unreliable camera um, that is pretty cumbersome to use and pretty hard. I mean, for one man band, it's pretty hard to use unless you have lots of time and a lot of time I don't yeah. have, I don't have that luxury, but, um, I'm, I'm super thankful though that Jarrett bought it from me and, uh, 
watching his stuff that comes out with it is pretty dope. He he's yeah he's putting it to good use. Yeah, he is. Tell me, you know, I'm sure people would love to hear more. You're on set. You have your talent down. You have your lighting ready. Yeah. Everything is is ready to go, and you're you know you're about to to start rolling. Yeah, you turn on you try to turn on that camera, and nothing <laughs> happens. Like yeah, what did you and do? Like what did you oh, do, man? And how uh, did you did were you able to like, success, successfully do that shoot and finish it? Yeah, so I I did get to finish the suit the I did get to finish the shoot everything everything got done um and, and also in that room I had my clients and I had my clients clients all looking over my shoulder and talking and waiting for everything to start <laughs> and I'm just like and I don't I usually have a an assistant with me I I was solo flying solo that day so me running running audio running making sure the lighting's all good the interview setup's good. The angles are good. The camera's good. I'm, I'm operating everything. This is like prime running gun, prime uh, one-man banding it. Um, and so when it happened, I turned around, wouldn't turn on. Um, I very quickly set it, set that brick in the corner, and then went to my camera bag and got out my A7R three, my Sony A7R three, and put it on the tripod and got the shot. It looked great. Two, uh, you never know the difference, uh, <laughs> unless you like have memorized what red looks like. But uh, yeah, I got the shot and it worked out. But uh, there was definitely a smaller camera on the tripod uh, for that shoot. Yeah, I think everyone should learn from that experience that you had, because some people they might spend all their money to buy one camera and then they're like basically you know don't have anything else yeah. to to make things look good, but they spend all their money on one camera, and but what are you gonna do when everything fails? What are you gonna do yeah. when your camera doesn't turn on? And you know, thankfully, Will was prepared for that day, prepared for that shoot, and he had another camera on set to where he could still do his job, you know, and he got it. The clients are happy, they didn't really care at the end of the day, and it was all good, you know, but oh, man. what about yeah. if you didn't have that camera? What if you didn't have oh. a backup? You would that you probably would have lost that client. You would have been oh, done yeah. for. So if I if I know. hadn't had that camera, I would have lost the client, uh, never been asked again to work with them. They're like a somewhat consistent client. So I would have said goodbye to that work. Um, I would have lost the money and probably had to pay some money for the wasted time that morning. Um, yeah, there would have been a lot of reper repercussions. It was Man, super, very thankful. You always got to be prepared for kind of the worst. I mean, you can go overkill that way, but you always got to have a backup. You always got to, you always got to be ready to uh, think on your toes and make something work if something fails you. Yeah, yeah, I think that's one of the biggest lessons that I've ever learned. But going back to the FX6, you know, Sony. I feel like a, a really big positive side about going with Sony and other people that are going with Sony is that they are a very reliable camera. And that's yeah. why I think a lot of people love them. That's why some people choose airy over, you know, a red. And sometimes it's because like those are just reliable cameras and they work whenever you want them to work. And there's not much problems that you have with them. So I think red's a great camera. They are known to have sometimes little problems like that. You, uh, Maybe it's you a design me, flaw, I don't know. <laughs> you told me after that happened, you were like, yeah, I know some people that shoot with red, and a lot of times they have a, a backup red. And I'm like, what? I was like, well, yeah. I was like, well, that's, I do understand some people do have that, like if you're shooting a feature or you're a big production company or whatnot. But um, I'm like, I'm a one-man company, and a lot of times I farm out work to my brother and have an assistant too, so like, it's definitely not an ideal camera for me and, and what I do. And when you said that, it just kind of like broke the glass and immediately started looking for something else. Um, it's wild. Yeah. 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 So I want to talk about some of these specs from the FX. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't want to go too heavy in the specs because to be honest with me, I'm not like a super crazy spec guy. It's just more of like, is this camera 
going to be functional for me and be usable for me. Um, and just based on working with the the FX seven line, I was the FX seven, F S seven. Okay. (laughs) Because I've worked with the FS seven line. I just know that this camera is going to be that and better. So let's see here. I have which, which spec are you going to list them off? Cause I was going to ask you which spec is like the most important to you out of all these. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Well, Hmm. Cause we've got so, a couple of things that, dynamic range. We got autofocus. We have S Cinetone, uh, two card slots, 4k 60, 4k 120. Um, basically a dual base ISO 10 bit. Which one? Yeah. Which one? Yeah. Like, yeah. Makes I think you think, I think that's a good question. Um, for me, I think what's a big motivator for me to have this camera is that it's full frame. Yeah. Um, I've been shooting on micro four thirds cameras and, you know, super 35 sensors for a while. And those are good, but I've always like, you know, you always see that, that full frame image and you're just like, man, that looks so good. Like the depth of field looks so nice. Like, I would love to have that someday. And so this camera is like awesome because it's full frame. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's a big thing for me. Also that it's, you know, shoots internal 10 bit 422. That Those are the two big specs for me is that it shoots 10 bit and that it's yeah. full frame. And then it has that variable ND. Like those, those three mm-hmm. things, like I love it. I, I yeah. honestly don't. I'm I don't care too much about that it shoots 4K at at 120. I like slow motion, um, yeah. but I personally have you know just kind of fallen in love with the kind of 24 frames per second. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I I've enjoyed just I've honestly I've pushed myself to shoot in that frame rate more than anything else. Um, depending on you know what you're shooting and the story you're trying to tell. Just because, like, I think when I first started out in filmmaking or, like, a as a videographer, is shooting in 60 frames per second or shooting at those high frame rates because it was, like, cool, you know, because Peter McKinnon was shooting at 120 <laughs> B-roll. And that was cool, but then it just became, like, this crutch of, like, what's the point of me shooting this whole entire wedding video or this whole entire corporate video in slow motion, you know? Yeah. It doesn't make any yeah. sense. And then I just quit doing it because i felt like it didn't have any purpose and so that's why i don't care too much about that yeah um also the low light in this camera is a big plus like i just imagine all the times that i'm on a shoot or i'm doing something and i'm like man i wish that i had a camera that's better at low light and like man yeah i guess like sometimes i go on a shoot or something and there's always like you know talking about being prepared I always have this like fear of like, oh shoot, like what if I have to shoot in the dark? Like, <laughs> am I going to be able to get a good shot? Is it going to look good? You know, and now with this, it's like it eliminates all those problems. Yeah. Um, if I, I could shoot a lot in like gyms or CrossFit gyms sometimes, and they don't always have the best lighting. And so if you don't have a, a camera that doesn't shoot, you know, good in low light or you're not yeah. lighting your subject or whatever. It just, it's a problem. Like I just, yeah. it bothers me. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could talk about, I think I could talk, keep on talking about more oh, and dude, more no. why this camera's better. I totally what about agree. for you? Like what specs are, are big, like are important for you? Man, the biggest thing is that the d- dynamic range, those 15 stops of dynamic range. And basically I, I, they haven't come out and called it, a dual base ISO, I don't think, but basically the the high and low ISO, ISO performance that they have and the the dynamic range, like you're saying, just for the like, it makes things so flexible when you're shooting because um, a lot of times I'm on shoots that last all day, go into the night, or they just call you to be very adaptive and, and shoot in a lot of different environments. Um, a lot of them don't, like you're saying, don't have great light. And that that is a huge upgrade to be able to to shoot really in any environment. You're not gonna like, you're never gonna have not enough light in in a situation with something like this, and it's gonna be huge. Um, like I would take that above probably any of the other 
specs on there just because yeah um there's there's <clears throat> yeah th- there's also i mean this camera is just compared to other uh cameras and systems like it's so i don't want to say um cheap money wise um b- but it kind of is because like you can still shoot in sd like your normal sd cards and like you really in the, out of the package you have everything like um you have battery you have the side handle you have the top handle you have internal and d's i've already got sd cards i've already got uh, i bought i've got two extra batteries here at home it comes with a battery like i got everything i need to shoot when when yeah. you buy these other systems like it costs a thousand extra dollars to buy the side handle that you really yeah. need on a red camera like it costs it costs two th- almost two thousand dollars for um a big like a bigger memory card for the red camera and like where i can go to best buy now and get spend 40 50 bucks and have another sd card to to record 128 gigs uh in in this camera that's coming so like i'm i'm so pumped uh by how easy this thing is going to be to use and i've also heard it takes like a second or less to to boot up and be ready to shoot which is huge that's big time yeah because like red cameras take almost a minute they're like 45 seconds serious i didn't know yeah yeah it's almost a minute i guess a full minute 45 seconds to to boot up and be ready to shoot so that's i um, guess it's similar to like the airy camera as well yeah yeah area mirror Uh uh-huh and uh the boot up time is it takes a little bit (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah um like man why do you so so why do you think this camera is good for you like i'm sure some people like i just remember when i first started and there's these like these cameras come out and i was always like you know you just kind of get like captivated by the hype of cameras and and how oh this shoots this and it's so cool oh man it's like that's a rabbit hole that's, it's that's like, a huge rabbit hole just that I can dive down anytime I want to. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will but, never get bored of. Yeah, but I would love to talk more like why this camera is good for you and like yeah. why it might not be good for another person. And yeah. Yeah. why you should be thinking about whenever you make a purchase of any kind, a lens, audio device, or whatever, why you should be buying it and why it's usable for you instead of like being – Oh, I'm just buying this because like it's new and it has full frame and it's variable yeah. and it's cool, yeah. man. Like, yeah. uh, like why is it usable for you? Yeah, I truly think that this camera and also the A7S III. I truly think that I can, since I'm buying these cameras at this time, that I can use them until they can't be used. Like until I run them into the ground and and they break or something like that. I'm. I feel like with these cameras, I'm not going to need another camera for a very long time. Um, nor am I really going to want one. I may want to buy different lenses or things like that, but these cameras check all the boxes for me. Like they, they provide the most versatility. Um, they like the FX six has internal NDs, internal NDs. Like I, I don't have to buy an ND, uh, ND filters for the front. Uh, I mean, maybe I do for a little bit more, for a little bit more of a, a punch on those NDs. But for right now, I don't need NDs. It's got autofocus, I autofocus. It's got uh, audio inputs. It uh, has mounting screws all over it. It boots up in less than a second. Um, it has dual base ISO. Like it, it is such a versatile camera that in I'm so confident that in every situation I can figure out how to get the best shot. Um, I know yeah. I like it, it, it instills the most confidence in me. Like, yeah, there's going to be yeah. a learning curve with this camera. Like, yeah, it's a different menu system and all yeah, that stuff. You like the same menu. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's even with, I've heard the a seven S three menu is like in, it. And it is incredible. Like it's a great menu system. I've heard the FX six is actually a, a little backwards compared to, uh, the a7s3 but i don't care about that it doesn't matter um because because of everything it does and i don't know i I, it's going to be such a huge enabler for me as a creative and as a um producer 
a, a video producer for my clients. Like I'm so excited what this is going to do for my content, for my clients' content. Um, yeah, I'm so excited. As when like, uh, but before, like if I'm just shooting on mirrorless cameras, um, smaller bodies, like, yeah, it's good. Um, but there's always room for improvement. And I'm going to tell you what, like once you get, I mean, you know, too, you've shot on Aries and bigger cameras. Once you get into the cinema world, like it's, it's a, you kind of get that bite, um, that bug and it's hard to, hard to shake it because you kind of see, um, you just kind of graduate from shooting on mirrorless and, um, it's just, it's just a different world, um, shooting wise. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. It's just so, it's so the cameras are just built for you to be a shooter. Like they're built for, yeah. you know, they have the nice function buttons on the side that you can quickly yep. switch from shooting, you know, yeah. 3.98 to, or 9.76 to 60 frames per second in a yeah. matter of yeah. half a second, you know? Exactly. And, for me, and on like, this camera too, like, you know, I don't feel like I'm going to have to have a crew to work it. Like, yeah, um, I'm so confident that I like, I can, I can work this by myself and, and with ease. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I, I yeah. No, I just, there's so many little buttons. Like and I'm, I, I think about the FS7 when I think about this camera because I love that camera too. There's so many little switches and little buttons that I can easily switch my my white balance to exactly what I want in a matter of seconds, you know? Yeah. Whenever, yeah. you know, we're shooting some stuff and I consider this to be like a run and gun dot camera is like, what if you go from inside to outside really fast and you really need to change your white balance in a matter of seconds or that you're going to miss a shot? Like, I know that I can do that very fast and it's going to be exactly what I want. And it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, do you, one um, thing, oh, I was going to say, do you see any, like anything that's going to be, uh, is there a downfall to this camera that you see that it's going to be a hindrance to you? Is, like, is there going to be anything that's going to be like, I don't know yet. I haven't had it in my hands or I, been able to, yeah. to see. I know some people are already like, people are already complaining about stuff even before getting the camera. Um, but what, is there anything you see that may cause a little extra work for you? The only thing right now that I could see being difficult is that top handle having the XLRs on. And yeah. if I take the top handle off then I'll lose the XLR inputs. Yeah. That's right yeah. now. That's like <clears throat> the only, one of the only things I can think about. Like if I ever want to put this camera on a gimbal or something, uh-huh. but to be honest, like if I want to put a camera on a gimbal, I think the goal for me is to just get the A7S III and use yeah. that and have, you know, this FX6 as my A camera, that other uh-huh. camera's B camera. I think that's that's the main thing. Another thing for me, you know, I've never owned a Sony camera before. Um, I've shot on Sony cameras, you know, for other with other companies and stuff, but like. I don't have all these Sony E-mount lenses, you know, I don't have any of that. So I have to, you know, if I want to get like really good autofocus, I guess either it's go Sony with native or maybe hope to buy a Sigma lens or some other lens that with having a converter on the front and maybe I'll still get good, good autofocus. Yeah, um, I yeah. can see that as just like a not really a problem, but just like ah oh, man, I'm I'm gonna have to do that. But I guess that goes in. I've never I've never in my whole entire career used autofocus. I've always been manual, and so this is having autofocus for this camera was kind of like another selling point for me, just because I am a one man band all the time and I have to do solo interviews, and so that was a big big thing. But that right now is probably the two things that like I see is like a downfalls for the camera for me. Um, yeah. I mean, do you have any, do you see any, any problems that could come up for you right now? That was the biggest thing. What were the XLR parts ports on the, on the top handle, but also a lot of times I'm, I'm running an external audio recorder. So, um, that's, that's an easy workaround for me. So I'm not, I'm not too, too worried about that. Um, I think since, 
Uh, and if, if you listen to like Philip Bloom or some other people, I think I've gotten a little spoiled. The, the A7S III has really great tracking autofocus. Oh, yeah. So yeah. like you can tap the screen and it does, if it's, it doesn't matter, it doesn't have to be a face. It doesn't have to be uh, anything specific to a, a human or, a, or an animal or anything like that. You can tap someone's like hand or uh, uh, just, you can tap it, uh, tap your screen to focus on something on your desk or something and you can move the camera around or the subject can move and um, they, uh, it, it stays in focus the whole time, uh, the entire time. And you can adjust the speed and of the, the racking, the autofocus or how long it's going to stay on there. But that feature is huge. It's so awesome on the a7S III. I think I may, I know I'm going to miss that on this camera, um, but I'm okay. <laughs> I mean, I'll work around it and figure it out. Um, but that'll be yeah. probably the biggest thing being like, shoot, I can do that on the A7S three and it's so easy. Um, but I, I'll figure out a workaround on this camera, um, a way to, to do it, to do the way, I, the way that I uh, basically just figure out a way that I want it to work. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm so interested in the autofocus stuff because, you know, I guess like I, I've been trying to like in my head decide before I get this camera, when am I going to use this autofocus? You know, will I ever even use the autofocus? Um, just because I'm so used to manual focus now. And yeah. it's like, yeah. I guess I, I'm interested to kind of play around to see, like, is yeah. it going to work for me? And on some of the shoot, like, there's certain, certain <clears throat> shots that I imagine that I might use it in. But like yeah. most of my stuff, it's like, I don't even know how this would work, you know, yeah. autofocus. I'll, so, I'll tell you right now, like, after you shoot your first interview with it, give me a call because uh, I remember after <laughs> after shooting the first interview with the A7S three and the eye autofocus, I was like, "Oh my goodness, this uh-huh. is incredible!" I'm like, Dude. "I don't," because most interviews, I'm like either just hunched over watching it the whole time, or like I'm checking the camera yeah. ten times during yeah. the interview just to make sure I'm still in focus or there's no creeping or like they haven't moved, like the subject hasn't moved. But like I was on a shoot a couple weeks ago, we shot four or five interviews, and like I just set it up and tapped it on their eye, tap tap focus on their eye. I was on a slider, and it kept focus every interview. Like I would do it, turn it on. It, it doesn't have a thirty minute recording time either, like other mirrorless oh, yeah. bodies. Yeah. And so like I would just tap it, uh, set it up, get get it framed, push record, and then go sit on my audio recorder and just listen to the listen to the interview. So it was it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, that uh that's I mean that's a big big point for me is for interviews and stuff. And like I want to I would love to put on like an 85 millimeter lens and if yeah. I want to have really really shallow depth of field and have it at like f you know 1.6 or something crazy like that. But yeah. I haven't been able to do that with what I'm, you know, when I do shoot with like an 80, 85 millimeter, because I'm afraid of missing their focus in their eye, you know? And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, it freaks me out when I'm doing an interview, like have to look over my shoulder and look at the monitor. Yeah. That's distracting to the person I'm interviewing and it makes it less organic. And like, so this, oh man, I just, I can feel all the like creative shots that I can get now. Like, oh man, I imagine yeah. already. Like I like to kind of do some of these uh, with some of the shots where I, you know, I'm kind of backed off wide and then I kind of run up handheld to a person's face or oh, heck yeah. to whatever they're doing, and I like that shot. The only thing that's difficult is that like if I don't hit the focus, I miss it, you know. But now yeah. it's like oh, I could do whatever, and it's gonna keep that focus on the eye, and it's gonna be amazing, and just give me that like. I just man, I'm getting pumped up just thinking about Dude, it. It's gonna it's gonna open up so many so many different creative uh, ideas and it, so many cre- different creative possibilities to to the shooter to the operator. It, it's gonna be it's gonna be huge. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be fun to play with for sure. Yeah, you know one you thing think, I want. Um, I was gonna say which which email lens when or if you do make your e-mount lens purchase oh, which one do you think you're gonna get i was just thinking about this and like man should we make a, a whole other podcast of, <laughs> we honestly could uh, yeah we how the you know what sony lenses we're using with our sony yeah. camera you know yeah yeah uh but i'll i'll shortly 
because this has been the hardest thing for me right now with this camera is trying to figure out what lens I'm going to get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think right now what I'm going to do first off. So kind of I have like a methodology in in the way I select lenses and most of that is like I basically will only buy EF lens mounts because Okay. I see that as being a lens mount that's going to I'm going to use be able to use that over an extended amount of time in my career. So mm-hmm. I don't want to buy a lens and it not be usable the next camera I buy. So the first thing that I'm going to do is just buy the the EF to Sony E mount adapter. So I uh, will just Sigma MC11. Yeah, the Sig- I'll buy the the Sigma one. Uh, I'll use that and. So that right out of the bat, I can use the camera with the lenses that I have, and I have some of the little, little Rokinon cinema lenses, there you and go. Uh, some other lenses as well. That, um, some zoom, zoom lenses for that. So that's the first thing that I'm gonna do, and mm-hmm. then honestly, what I'm gonna do from there is I'm going to rent some E mount lenses. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna rent like a G Master lens. Uh, apply yeah. the 24 millimeter G Master that you have. I'm gonna rent that lens. I'm gonna rent okay. probably some Sigma lenses as well for some of my shoots. And I just want to personally use the lenses before I decide to spend like you know if I'm gonna go G Master yeah. like fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah. And yeah. so that's that's what I'm gonna do because I want to make sure that I'm making the right purchase and that it's gonna satisfy me. Um, for sure. Yeah. And I definitely want an E-mount lens because I just want to have better autofocus, honestly. But I just kind of yeah. get, I kind of get nervous uh, about oh, yeah. just no, totally. spinning it out of the bat. Uh, out of the yep. bat. So that's that's my plan so far. I mean, I know you already have E-mount lenses. You know, which ones are you going to use the most, or, or do you think you'll grab some yeah. more? Uh, yeah, uh, probably sometime this year. I do. I, I mean, I have the 24 millimeter G Master. I have the 35 millimeter Zeiss. Um, I've got a, I've got a little dinky 28 millimeter F2. Um, my brother has the 85 mil, 85 G Master. Um, I think the big one. Oh, he also he just bought the like 200 to 600 Super Zoom. Um, oh, that's gonna yeah, be awesome it, for him. It's awesome. I can't wait to put that on this camera. But uh. I think uh, 70 to 200. I have a Canon 70 to 200 uh, 28, and uh, I'm probably going to look to sell that and then upgrade to the Sony version just just really to utilize the the autofocus. Um, I was shooting with the the Canon one on my A7S III, and <clears throat> uh, for some reason, it like the the focusing worked on the A7R III, but on the A7S III, the focusing it it doesn't it doesn't work, um, with that lens. So it's all manual focus. Interesting. So, yeah. So I was, uh, on a shoot pull and focus on the 7,200 shooting B roll. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is not fun. That, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. probably the 7,200 sometime this year. Um, I'm also intrigued by the Sigma 105, that humongous monster lens. Um, uh, it's supposed to be super heavy, but uh, it's so intriguing. I really, I'll probably, that's one I'll probably rent at some point. Um, yeah. 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 The lens situation has been the, definitely the hardest part for me because I've never had a Sony camera. And yeah. I've always, if I did shoot on Sony, I was always shooting on EF glass, anyways, because I mean, I had no need to have a Sony E mount like lens whenever there was no autofocus with the FS7, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. This it makes it a little spicy and uh makes me try to th- I have to think a little bit more about my decisions, but if I do buy a lens, I'm probably going to you know, I don't know if I'll buy it, buy it new. Um I'll probably get it on eBay. If you yeah. don't get your stuff on eBay now, I recommend it because literally I get like basically brand new lenses for you know, 3/4 of the price. You know, I save like 
60% of my money. Like I, so I just bought the 24 millimeter Rokinon prime. Okay. Yeah. And originally if you buy it on B&H right now, it's like $700. Yeah. I just bought it on eBay for $300. Sick. Nice. It's like brand new. <clears throat> That's huge. And it's like, so, I mean, I recommend if you haven't tried it to do it just because you save a lot of money, it's satisfying. Yeah. I won the bid. Nice. Okay, I was the last last five seconds. I placed my bid, and I got yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Nice. <laughs> uh, one thing I want to mention because you mentioned like this camera is going to last for me, you know, for a long time. That's what you said. Yeah, and I agree with you one hundred percent, especially because like full frames is becoming a you know a thing now. Like I'm just waiting for red to go full frame, but I don't know if they will. Um, <laughs> Well, yeah, you can go full frame, but you, you're going to pay for it. And then, is there a full frame red? Well, Gemini is like just under. They still call it Super okay. 35, but it's like, it's basically, if you look at like side by side of the sensor dimensions, um, the Gemini is, is like just under full frame. Okay. Uh, you can go, and then there's like, I think the Monstro is full frame. Yeah. Uh, if you, but that one. Is a very expensive, and then very I know like camera. I know I, th- I know Aries going like getting out of that world and going full frame and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so that the large format. Yeah, I want to mention the FS7. This is a camera that people still use, and it's 2020. Okay, they use this all the time. Like whenever I was back in the day, uh, shooting a lot of corporate stuff, like a lot of high end corporate stuff. Um, so we had a crew of like five to six people, these corporate clients like NFL, like, uh, you know, Wells Fargo, like bigger companies, they always would request the FS seven. That's the camera they wanted. That camera came out in 2014. (laughs) It is 2020. Okay. That camera lasted a really long time like it was a great camera and it's still a really good camera so i can just imagine like how good this camera or these cameras are going to be like mm-hmm. the fx6 fx9 uh, and a7s3 they're just going to be beast in the industry yep. and going to be used for yep. so many things so i'm i'm pretty pumped about that <laughs> yeah i feel like the the shelf life, not the shelf life, the, the life of this camera, usability life of this camera is going to be uh, very long um, because, I mean, man, I don't even, still, I, all my clients want 1080p. Like, they don't, they don't ask for 4K. And so, like, I don't understand. I mean, there are people that <clears throat> do need the high pixel count and everything, but um, my clients only ask for 1080 I shoot in 4K and reframe if I need to in post. Um, but yeah, I, there's so many different things about this camera. Like it's going to last a while. I feel like it's going to be an, an, another FS7, like you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking here. Uh, I'm trying to look at these specs. Um, do you think you're going to use the, what is it? The, uh, the film look on this camera at all? The s Yeah. For, uh, for pro, if I mean, if if my clients know about it and they ask for it, yeah, sure, why not? Um, if uh, if it's something like like they advertise that's uh, that it's used for, if it's if it's a project that's like a quick turnaround too, and I don't want to color grade, I don't want to spend the time grading the footage and just get it straight into the editor and crank something out, then yeah, I'll do it that way too. Um, but also. One one reason why I probably won't use it as much is because uh, I've heard you lose several stops of dynamic range when you when yeah. you sh- use that. So that's not as appealing. I mean, it's it's so easy to shoot in, in S log three that I I mean I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do that the majority of the time. What about you? Yeah, no. Uh, I, when I think about it more, I don't think I'm gonna use it. Um, I was listening to uh ariel martinez on his podcast and he was talking about some camera stuff um and he was you know he has fx9 and so i don't 
yeah, he has FX9 and was talking about how you basically get like nine stops of dynamic range if you shoot on the oh man on that profile. And he was like, for him, he's like, there's, I'm not gonna. What's the point of shooting this camera if I, <laughs> you know, don't get the my full stops of dynamic range, yeah. you know? So yeah. I was like, you know what? That's super true. Like, I'd much rather shoot it in S log and then quickly and easily put like a little LUD on top of it and yeah. expose it the way I want to if I'm delivering, you know, if I'm editing the project myself and they just want like a Rec 709 look. Yeah. And yep. then he talked about how, you know, if a, a client did want to have that, you know, straight out of the camera, like they're going to use it, you just hand it off and you don't do anything with the footage that I think that he puts in like his own little settings, like add some contrast yeah yeah you can go in and add yeah. some saturation and i was like you know what that, that's not a bad idea to do yeah. that too you can custom even if you're shooting like whatever profile that's the awesome thing i mean i'm sure you can do it with other cameras but in sony even in the mirrorless bodies you can go in and adjust you can shoot in log or you can shoot in cine 4 but then you can go in and adjust even further like the blacks the saturation the contrast um it's pretty it's pretty nifty what you can do with it yeah yeah, you're gonna have fun with the Sony menu. It is uh <laughs> yeah. their cinema line of menus is just not the best <laughs> ever, but you kinda get yeah. used to it. Yeah. But like I'm honestly I'm like kind of excited to work back on that menu. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. it just it makes me like ah oh, just brings back the days. Yeah. <laughs> uh shooting on the Sony F or yeah. F S seven, just like, oh, this is nice. Heck yeah. And then it's kind of fun. You kind of like feel good when you know the menu, and then someone else, like your uh, a camera assistant, gets on it, and they don't know where the you know change their you know change the setting of how to make <laughs> the camera you know into whatever yeah. look yeah. or whatever. And you're just like, ah, mm. I understand the Sony menu. I could change it. You know, <laughs> it's a weird yeah. feeling. Yeah, totally. And then it also has that that shorthand menu too that you can just kind of pop up and change quick settings too. Yeah, that yeah. Seen. So um, that'll yeah, be that very is definitely help, valuable. helpful for sure. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I think we could probably talk about this more, but I say we wrap it up. You know, Will, what is something that you have been learning here in the past week, couple of weeks, um, that you think our listeners would you know, think or it's added value yeah. to them of where they could learn more about how to be a better filmmaker. Yeah. I was going to say it's probably, this is maybe a boring one, but learn how to communicate your expectations to people. Um, because you're going to be working with a lot of different people. Um, even though I profess that I'm a one man band, run and gun, whatever you want to call it, all those overused terms, like I'm one of those guys. <clears throat> I still work with, dozens of other people all the time for voiceovers for uh for just also name name your thing and that includes clients that includes includes uh um other creatives that includes people on fiverr that includes uh all sorts of people um and i i mean i first learned this with my wife but now i'm learning to do it in every aspect uh of my <laughs> life but uh communicate your expectations like this is what I want. This is when I want it. This is when I want it done. And if you have to over communicate and dumb it down, not, I don't want to act like I'm talking to dumb people, but just make it very simple. Like it'll, it'll change your life afterwards. So you won't sit there worrying being like, Oh man, I hope I explained this good enough. This is when I want it and all this stuff. Um, <clears throat> that will change the game for you because if you're waiting on something from someone and you're working to get it done and you're like twiddling your thumbs wishing and hoping to be like oh man uh deadline's coming quicker i'm losing sleep i wish i had explained it better um yeah i was gonna say communicate your expectations whatever you're doing if uh, if you're hiring at work and uh it'll make your life a whole lot easier so yeah what about you richard yeah that's that's important stuff for sure <laughs> What I've been learning here the past couple of weeks is, you know, it's probably, it's kind of simple, you know, um, to pick up the phone and 
to talk to other people and other professionals in this world that know way more than I do <laughs> and ask questions and ask for their help. Um, that's something that I've learned here the past couple of weeks for sure. So there's just a couple of people that I know that have been doing it for 10 plus years. Um, and whenever I have like just, you know, whether I'm working with a client and I'm unsure if I should work with that person or not, or like I have a, a contract thing that I'm not really sure what this contract, you know, is and trying to understand that. I think what I've been learning more and more and more is like the more that I lose my pride and just say that I don't know what I'm like, I don't understand everything and I need help and it's good to reach out to other people whenever I don't know something. Like I've really learned so much from just picking up the phone and talking to other professionals and uh, asking them the questions and they've just kind of like, they've honestly, it's like they save your butt. <laughs> Yeah, because it's something that you could get into or uh, work with a client that, um, that you don't know much about, and they open your eyes of like, oh, like maybe I shouldn't work with that person, or oh, like I now I understand what I need to do for this, this contract or this, you know, before I sign this thing, you know. So that that's really what I've been learning a lot about is just really lose my pride, drop my ego, understand that. I don't know everything. I need the help of other people. I need the help of like Will Walker. I need the help of, you know, everyone around me and have an open, open mindset to absorb information and learn. Because sometimes I get, you know, I'm sure other people feel the same way. You just feel like that you should know it all, that you should um, be able to do it all yourself, that like you don't need help, like you can just do it. But no, you need you need help. You need people, and I, I I learned that. I feel like that's a constant reminder, week after week. But this week, and more in particular, it's been helpful. Yeah, man, that's that's killer advice. Totally agree with what you're saying. Um, yeah, that's something I I need to do more of, and uh, and it's invaluable uh, in what we do. So, and in just yeah. in general. So, guys, yep. thank y'all so much for tuning in today. It means means the world to us. Um, if you liked it enough, or if, if you like us, uh, please subscribe, rate our podcast, wherever you're listening to it. Uh, it would mean the world to us and help us, uh, get out to more people. Um, and yeah, thank you again. And we hope you have a great day. You guys are awesome. See y'all later. See ya.